Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So the Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to preach from the subject, don't quit. Keep on climbing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't quit. Keep on climbing. See, just because we're Christians, it does not somehow absolve us from going through things. Uh, just when we got saved and we said the sinner's prayer and Jesus came into our hearts and, man, life was different. We experienced things differently. We saw things differently. But listen, we didn't enter into some type of ethereal world where we always, uh, things are always going to be easy. Uh, uh, that, that we're somehow always going to be comfortable. Jesus Christ never promised us a life of being comfortable. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus said that if they persecuted me, they, they meaning the enemies of God, ISIS, will persecute you. There's nothing new under the sun. They've been killing Christians since Christianity. We just don't hear about it in the news anymore. But trust me, it is going on. But listen, saints, sometimes when the vicissitudes of life hit you when you least expect it, <laughs> somebody call it a gut punch. If you don't watch it, you might begin to develop the propensity to give up. Uh, words like this may come into your, 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 your mind. You might say, well, this is too hard. Um, I don't feel like this thing is working. Um, it, 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 am I really doing what God called me to do? Is God really speaking to me? Is that really God's voice? Why can I not hear him? Why am I going through so much right now? Why is it that it seems as though I'm trying to live right, but the people who are living wrong seem to be more blessed than I am? See, somebody, you know what I'm talking about right now because I have been there. I have been the one to question God. I have been the one laying on the hospital bed getting radiation saying, God, what did I do wrong? I have been the one to question God about my call as a pastor. I have been the one who said, I don't know, God, this might be too hard for me. So what I'm preaching to you, I'm living myself. This is something that I'm trying to master. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm trying to master my emotions. So the book of Galatians uh, is a charter for Christian freedom. Apostle Paul proclaims the reality of the liberty of living in Christ. We have freedom from the law, freedom from the power of sin, and freedom to serve God unconditionally. However, guys, one thing that was going on with the Jewish people, they call them Judaizers, uh, during this time, and the Jewish people had a dualistic thinking in their mindset. This is why. Judaizers or Jewish people, they lived by the letter of the law. 
So when Apostle Paul and some of the other men of God were coming in to tell them about the freedom that's found in Jesus Christ, trying to get them to come off from under the dispensation of the law to show them about the dispensation of grace because no man can keep the law and live. That's why Jesus had to die for the sins of the whole world because nobody can keep all the Ten Commandments. You've already broken most of them already in your life. So Jesus had to die so he can wipe the slate clean because there was only one perfect sacrifice and that was Jesus Christ. God said I can't give man that opportunity to do it because man is flawed but I can give myself so God gave his son to die for the sins of the whole world so he can wipe the slate clean. Give us a second chance. That's why you got to go through Jesus Christ. You can't go through Buddha. You can't go through Elijah Muhammad. You can't go through Sun Yun Moon. You can only go through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, no man can get to the Father but by me. He said, I am the truth, the life, and the way. He's the only way. Come on, somebody. Got to stand firm on the fundamentals of the faith. So he sent his son to die for the sins of the whole world. You know, he doesn't want us to quit. He wants us to keep climbing. So these Jewish people, they were trying to make the Gentiles live under the law. And they said, whoa, 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 that's just too much freedom. Uh, we got to start living under the law. So Apostle Paul was coming in to teach them about their freedom, that you do have freedom in Jesus Christ. But let me say this. You do not have freedom to do whatever you want to do. You do not have freedom just to sin just because you want to sin and you think you got some type of get out of hell free card. There is no get out of hell free card. Jesus said either you're with me or you're not. You're for me or you're not. Jesus said there's going to be plenty to say, Lord, I knew you. Didn't I do all these great things in your name? And he's going to say, no, 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 depart from me. I never knew you because you don't know me. You live for yourself. You, you perpetuating a lie that you want everybody else to believe, but you don't even believe it. That's why you cry yourself to sleep at night because you got a void on the inside and you're trying to fill with sex and money and drugs and that could never fill that void because it's a void that only Jesus Christ can fill. There are things in my wife I can never fulfill as a husband because Jesus Christ has to fulfill that. And there are areas in every person's life that man can't fulfill. You can keep on getting married. You can keep on finding a new job. You can keep on going to a new church and you're still going to be void. At some point, you're going to have to break down, get on your knees and repent and allow the spirit of God to fill that void for you. I wish it was easy, but it's not. This walk is not an easy walk, but it is worth it. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So chapter 6 is what we're talking about. It sums up the totality of the whole chapter. Let me go back and read verse 8. Let's go back there and read it together. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Uh, indulge me, if you will. I want to read that same verse from the New Living Translation which was a good paraphrased Bible, but uh, some scholars got together and now they have declared that the New Living Translation is actually a transliteral translation of the Bible. And so they said that it's okay to use it, so I'm going to use it. So the New Living Translation says that same verse, it says this, come on, it makes more sense because it's more modern. It says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. Oh, glory to God. I think I need to say that one more time. It's those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest or will reap the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. 
from the Spirit. So two things here I want to talk about before we get into the last three things I want to teach you. Two things I want to talk about is Apostle Paul is talking about two types of seeds. There's a fleshly seed and a spiritual seed. So there's two types of seeds. Everybody in this room is sowing one of those seeds. I got a question. I know it. I know. I know. Okay. Put your feet under the chairs. I know it. I know. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. Okay. Breathe in. Come on. Breathe. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not going to ask you a question. Let me just make a statement. (laughs) Where you are today, good, bad, or indifferent, you're where you are based on seeds you've sown. Amen. So let me make another statement. If you want to be in a different place in your future, then you need to start sowing different seeds. You don't have to have a theological degree to understand that. If you're in a place right now, you don't like it, you need to be in a better place, then start sowing different seeds. You may need to stop trying to just please yourself. I have learned that when I began to give to other people was when God delivered me. Anybody else learn that too? So let me give you some scripture here. James 3.16. I told you I was going to give you some scriptures. James 3.16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and everything evil. Jealousy, 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 and selfish ambition. That's why if you got jealousy going on in the church, ain't no anointing going on in there. I'm jealous because they got promoted and I ain't get promoted. Well, you might not be promotable. I, I can't believe, I can't believe that they allowed them to do that. Jealousy. That's why we deal with it in this church. I'll roll up on anybody. I don't care who you are. Because the one thing I'm not going to put up with, let me just be good and, good and correct here. One thing I'm not going to deal with, I'm not going to put up with, is I've worked, and my wife has worked, and the leaders have worked, and the partners in this church have worked too hard to get to where we are to allow somebody to come in here and start dropping some fleshly seeds. So before you do that, you may want to think, do I really want Pastor John to roll up on me? Because trust me, I will. The leaders in here know I want to do it. Why? Because you didn't get dressed this morning, drive to this church to deal with a bunch of mess. I know you didn't. I didn't do it. And when I saw saw mess in the church... I would, I would report it to the leader. The leaders didn't deal with it. We was out. Amen. Because that show weak leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Businesses fail because of bad leaders. Churches die because of bad leaders. Families are dissolved and dissipated because of bad leaders. Everything rises and falls on leadership, and you just happen to have a leader that's not, I, I just deal with stuff. I just feel like we, it's too important for us to go and win the world. Then to be dealing with jealousy and bickering and all of the other stuff that you deal with in the church. We ain't got time for that. People out there dying. Amen. We got we to be back to the focus of souls, saving souls. Amen. If they're not coming in here, then we got to go out there. Amen. 
Amen? And so, so listen, guys, that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. Don't get all jealous and have all this selfish ambition. Can I give you another scripture? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. I told you I was going to give you a lot of scriptures today. This is uh, Apostle Paul. He was speaking about the last days. Somebody said the last days. Uh, it, go, it went something a little bit like this. In the last days, says God, perilous times are coming. Uh, and, I, and I came to tell you that perilous times are already here. So it's not coming. They're already here. So check out what, what uh, Apostle Paul is saying. Listen to the words here. For men will be lovers of themselves. Oh, boy. Lovers of money. I'm sure we don't see that today. Uh-uh, we do not see lovers of money. I know we don't see that, do we? Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Good gracious. I have never in my life seen so many weak parents. I just don't know. We have lost our minds. I just don't believe in free-range children. I believe that if you're under my roof, I have boundaries set under my roof. If you're not willing to live by my boundaries, you can get out. But if you're under my roof, you're going to live by my rules. I don't understand these parents that allow their kids to run all over them. Going to tell them what they're going to do. No, you, I, let, me, let me tell you what you're getting ready to do. You must have lost your mind up in here. You forgot that I'm the daddy in this house. You don't rule and run anything up in here. Hello, somebody. I don't need a psychologist to come and tell me how to raise my children. I know how to raise my kids. I beat their little rear ends and pull them back in line. Why? Because I don't want them beating your behind up. Yeah, if you, if you think I'm doing something wrong, let, let them come stay with you for a little while. You'll be sending them back. Girls got to pull their dresses down and the boys got to pull their britches up. Yeah. Can't stand seeing somebody's rear end. I just want to snatch a knot in them. And then got the audacity to say you want a job. I will never hire you walking into my office looking like a clown. unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. It's the word called lascivious. We were talking about this at Bible study, lascivious. I used to pronounce it differently because I wasn't well learned. I used to call it lacacious. <laughs> I never knew what the word meant, but lascivious means unrestrained action. That you have no control. Um, I did a message called Spiritual AIDS because people with AIDS actually should be more afraid of us than we are of them because they have no immunity. The AIDS means that the immunity system is broken down and they can't fight off little colds and diseases like we can fight off. So they're more afraid of us than we are of them. And so I call it Spiritual AIDS because there are some Christians who have AIDS because everything that come around them, they catch it. Every false doctrine, they running behind it. Every false prophet, they send in money, catching it. They have no immunity to fight off. They don't have enough of this in their system to understand the difference between the truth and the lie. There is no gray with God. You're either for him or against him, guys. You're either righteous or unrighteous. You're either holy or unholy. You're either light or darkness. There is no gray with God. You either live for God or you don't. I know this preaching is not popular, but listen, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to tell you the truth. 
And I think we got too many churches that are just watering down God's words, and people really don't even know what the truth is anymore. But the truth, the truth, the real truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. So I'm just going to stand on the word of God, give you truth, and hope that you might be my friend. But if you don't, I'm still going to go to heaven. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, a form of godliness. I know you don't see that today, do you? Uh-huh. People that's, that's, that's talking Christianese, but they have no word in them. Having a form of godliness. Supposed to be a pastor, but don't even know what the Bible says. A form of godliness, you're just trying to please the tithers in the church. Mm-hmm. Having a form of godliness. I'm going to talk about it. Having a form of godliness because having a form of godliness is not going to get you into heaven. See, a form of godliness is an image of it. It's not the real thing. You're just a form of it. Uh, see, the seven sons of Sceva was a form of it. See, see, in the book of Acts, there were these guys who had been watching Paul cast demons out of people. So they felt like if we just do what Paul did, then we can do the same thing. Now, the seven sons of Sceva knew about a man that was demon-possessed. So they just thought that they can do like Apostle Paul did because they had a form of godliness, but they was denying the power. And so they went in, and uh, they didn't even know God. They said these words, we are Jew you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of him. And uh, the Bible said that the demons jumped out of the man and jump on to them. Uh, but before they did, they said something that's very strange. They said, well, Paul we know. And uh, Jesus we know. Well, who the H-E-L-L are you? <laughs> now, when demons... a demon go off, go off on you like that. It's an indication that you probably need to leave. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if a demon call you out like that, I'm just, listen to me close, you might want to run. And get out of there quick. Well, they didn't run quick enough. The Bible said the, the demons jumped on them, beat them like they stole something. Stripped them naked, and they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, listen, if that's embarrassing. All your, all your goods hanging out and you bleeding because you tried to act like Jesus? See, that's what happens when you try to act like Jesus. When you got a form of godliness, it leaves you exposed to the enemy. Oh, somebody say, I ain't going to be a form. Say, I'm going to be the real thing. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And from such people turn away. Proverbs 14 and 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end it leads to death. Because just because it seems right, it may not be right, saints of God. See, you can't use your own presuppositional thinking as the filter to what's right. you got to use the word of God as your filter to what's right. Because some of the stuff that you were taught might not be right. Fleshly seed. Let's go to spiritual seed. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So the moment we all were born, we were on death row. 
Why? Because we're all sin, fall short, right? We're on death row. But I thank God. Listen to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. Ooh, this is so good. Somebody say, ooh, this is so good. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out all your transgressions for my own sake, and I will remember them no more. You see how quiet it is? So, so let, me, let me see if I can uh, break that down to North Carolina English. So unless you've had a lot of transgressions, you may not understand what this scripture is saying. So maybe you guys have been living holy all your life. But that's just not my testimony. See, that scripture right there is a blessing to me because God, for some of you, he just wiped the slate, the slate clean like that. He just, phew, and you was good. You was good. Phew, just, ha, they're good. They're clean. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't my slate. God had to do that right there to clean my slate. <laughs> I ain't lying. He had to go deep. So when, when God says he blot out my transgressions, see, I get a little bit more excited about that because he could have left me in my sins. He, he could have left me on drugs. He could have left me drinking myself to death. But he said, no, I got you. I'm going to wipe this. Really, God, for, God, you know my life. He said, yeah, I know your life. He said, I called you before you started all this mess. Glory to God. He said, he said, he said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet. See, God knew all about you before you made that bad decision. See, that's why I love God, because he placed something intrinsic inside of all of us to do good. But when we want to do good, evil is present with me. But you have to defeat the evil stuff that's around us. Amen. Can I give you something good? Come on, write this down, write this down, write this down, write this down. Put it on Facebook. Every action has reciprocal results. That's reaping what you sow. Now, I'm, a boy, I'm from Alabama. I'm a good old country boy. Don't shoot me down. I'm from Bama. I, I, I was raised on a farm, grow stuff. Wouldn't it be interesting that if my grandmama had me to plant okra and apple trees grew, Wouldn't that be interesting? See, that's in the natural. And if nature knows what to do, what sees you sowing is what you're going to reap. It's a law, guys. If you ain't sowing nothing, (laughs) you ain't going to reap anything. Amen? Let me give you something else good. God will not only deal with us according to our proclamations, but according to our practices, too. See, it's not enough what you say. It's what you do. See, people can say, and in, in, in relationships, uh, especially if it's a, it's, it's, it's a physical relationship where it's, 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 it's toxic, um, the man can say, well, baby, I love you while beating you. Well, that proclamation... You heard, but that practice, you're not feeling it. Because love is an action word. Love does not beat its spouse. Love is committed to his spouse or her spouse. And submitted. Oh, that's a dirty word, boy. Ooh, I know the women cringe. I don't know about being submitted. Well, let me clean it up. The Bible said we should be submitted one to another. 
So if sowing and reaping, uh-oh, okay, get fellas, just breathe in. If sowing and reaping is true, and I believe that it is, if your wife, <laughs> y'all, I hope you still love me. <laughs> if your wife is not hugging you enough, then what should you do? You got to hug her more. What are you doing? You're sowing. And whatever you sow, you reap. So you say, well, you just don't hug me anymore. And guess what you're going to reap? It's a law. It works. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. Don't ask me how, but I know. Trust me, I know. I've I've practiced this for for 21 years. It works. It works. If it's something that I feel like I need to be getting from my wife, then I need to be giving it to my wife. If you feel like I can't trust my wife, well, you need to trust her more. <laughs> I knew that one was going to be tight. I knew it was going to be tight. Yo, yo, you see how quiet I got in here? We automatically flipped, man, we became a, a Presbyterian church. It got so quiet in here, but it's okay. Can I keep on preaching anyway? All right, let me get you some word. Do not be weary of well-doing. Now, listen, listen, listen. I don't know about you. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. I don't know about you, but me, personally, I don't, <laughs> I don't always want to do good. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I am not lying. I don't know about you. Now, you just might be in the practice of always doing good, but there are times when I don't want to do good, act good, be good, talk good, live good. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, I'm just, I'm just saying, I have times when I'm good, but there are times when I'm on the verge of cussing somebody out. Amen. Now, you might look at me with your little holy-fied self and say, Pastor, I cannot believe that you would want to cuss somebody out. Well, I want you to believe it. Because I am a man. I am not God. I am not an angel. I still have this flesh body that I have to contend with. I don't care how much of the word you read. I don't care how much of church you go to. I don't care if you speak in tongues for three hours, 45 minutes, fall out in the floor and turn into a watermelon. When you come to, you're still going to have to deal with this flesh. Paul said, when I want to do good, evil is present with me. That which I should not do, I do. And that which I should do, I don't do that. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. You're going to have to deal with this flesh. I'm telling you, you got to deal with it. And this flesh can, ooh. I'm telling you right now, man, you'll be about to pimp slap somebody. On the job, right? Come on, somebody. Am I talking to the right church? Come on, y'all, like you didn't cuss somebody out last week. Coming up in here with all that falsified stuff. Listen, we real up in here. Amen? And I'm I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. I ain't going to lie to you. Now, if you just want me to come in and say, oh, saints of God. God is good. He loves you all the time. No matter what you do, you do whatever you want to do. God's going to love you. 
Just because God loves you don't mean he's going to approve of everything that you do. Now, that's the reality of it. I totally believe that God loves you and he loves me and he loves the whole world, but he don't approve of everything that we do. That's the point that you got to get right there. I know God loves me, but there are certain things that I do, I know God don't like it. All this fakery. You got to tell people the truth. Do not be weary in well-doing. Sometimes you just don't want to do well. Am I by myself? Sometimes y'all talk bad about me. <laughs> but the truth, bam, yeah, Pastor, I was talking about you last night, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Stepping on my toes. Actually, that's the Holy Spirit. Can I be honest with you? I, I shared this with Alvin and Pastor Tim this morning. I'm, let me be, <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway. All right, okay, okay. So I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have anything to preach. I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I work. I work like you do. I work like you. I work. I work hard. I work hard. I work hard. That I'm making bricks without straw. I work at the bank. I work at the bank, and 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 I work in compliance. I work in anti-money laundering, and we're always trying to catch people who are trying to money, launder their money because people are trying to launder money. Terrorists are trying to launder their money, so they try to send their money through our banks. So that's why I work. I work hard, just like you. But but you know, I had to be prepared for stuff, right? So yesterday, I said, man, I kind of thought I knew where God wanted me to go. But then when I sat down at my desk, it was like it wasn't flowing. You know what I'm talking about, Alvin? It's just things that wasn't flowing, and you're trying to, and it's like, yeah, that ain't working. <laughs> so I played with the dogs. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get myself back right. I go sit down, and it just ain't coming together. I'm like, God, wait a minute. This just ain't going to work. So what I, was, what I thought about, because I had to have my beat playing. I knew Sister Kim was going to sing our worship song. So I was, I was, <laughs> I hope I can say this to y'all, but man, I'm telling y'all the truth now. There's more pastors deal with this than you think. <laughs> I just have to tell you the truth. So I said, I said, mm, I know what I can do. I can say, oh man, worship is just so good. We just, <laughs> I was going to say, oh man, worship is just so good. We just going to worship. And we're going to pray, and we're going to say, boy, the anointing was so strong up in that house, my pastor couldn't preach. No, that rascal didn't have nothing to preach. <laughs> Y'all still love me? Amen. <laughs> mm, I wish I got messages like that all the time. I don't. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we just do the opposite of what we should be doing. So now, 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 just... Hold your breath, okay? So hold your breath. It's just <laughs> See, sometimes we overeat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thoughts of rocks was coming. Sometimes we under-exercise. Quit talking about you. Uh, sometimes men don't get their physicals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes women don't get their mammograms or pap smears. Sometimes we fall in love with the wrong people. Sometimes we're just too careless when it comes to giving up our bodies for sex. Oh, yeah, y'all at the right church. I ain't afraid to talk about it. You're talking about it out there. You might as well talk about it in here. It's sex, S-E-X. God created it. Man perverted it. We buy stuff we don't need. We procrastinate. Probably nobody in here. We mismanage money. 
Can somebody say amen? amen? And here's the last one. We bail out of our goals. Check, check this out. I got this from um, uh, Dr. Pat Allen. She's an author and therapist. She said, the only way you can know you love yourself or anyone else is by the commitments you are willing to make and keep. I thought that was profound because you got to think about that one for a second because this, this deals with you. It deals with selfish ambitions. And it says, until you are able to start being committed and keeping things for other people, you really don't even know who you are. So in other words, it's saying you got to get outside of yourself. This is a medical doctor, scientist. She's not a Christian. But that's a Christian. That's the word we just talked about, sowing and reaping. Hello, somebody. So, so if you're only sowing into yourself, how are you going to reap from anybody else? Amen? I, I, I'm not trying to get deep. I'm just saying we just got to think a little bit, right? Because the Bible says in due season. Somebody says it's my season. In due season you shall reap if you faint not. Now the word season comes from the Greek word kairos. Kairos. Uh, I think there's two words for, for time in the Greek. I think one of them is chronos and then this one is kairos. Chronos deals more with chronological time, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So in other words, it's, 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 it's quantitative time. But kairos is qualitative time. It's the right time. It's the perfect time. It's the opportune time. So in other words, when the Bible says, you sh- it, 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 in due season you shall reap, you shall reap at the proper time. Amen. Now, I don't know what the proper time is. I just know until the proper time, I got to continue to give, I got to continue to sow, I got to continue to love, I got to continue to forgive. Hello, somebody. I got to love the unlovable because people loved me when I was unlovable. Jesus loved you when you didn't love yourself. When you you were unlovable, Jesus still loved you. So, yeah, you say, I can't love them. They're just unlovable. Well, you were too. So, so I got a message. He gave me this. I thought I was going to preach another message. It's, it's, I, I, I'm going to tell you anyway. So it's, it's actually called Specs and Logs. That's the title of the message, Specs and Logs. But he said that's not the message for today. But I'm going to throw it in right now. <laughs> okay? And so the Bible says, how are you going to see the speck in somebody else's eye when you got a log in yours? He said, remove the log out of your eye first so that you can see the speck in somebody else's eyes. So in other words, that's being judgmental that you are trying to tell somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. You're acting like a Pharisee. A Pharisee would teach you to do as I teach you to do. Don't do as I do. Ecclesiastes 3 three and one says to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Ephesians five sixteen says make the most of every opportunity. Carpe diem, seize the moment. So what I'm trying to get to here is this, saints of God, that this is the right time for you to move out into your destiny. Amen. Amen. Now is the time. Somebody said now is the time. I read a book, a great book. I, I love to read. I'm an avid reader. I read a book called Keep Climbing. It's by uh, the author is Sean Swanner, and this is. This is Sean. Now, Sean was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease at the age of 13. His whole life changed, and his fight against cancer was one that is an inspiration to all of us. Sean thought he had fought the battle and won, only to be diagnosed 
with, asking, with an asking tumor. Uh, against all odds, he fought that cancer too and won. Determined to live each day, Sean set a goal to climb Mount Everest. That's, that's not one I want. That, that, that is not on my bucket list. I ain't, I ain't uh-uh. There's people still up there frozen. I ain't lying. I believe Captain was up there. Captain America. This is what Sean said. Quote, I took this from his book. Quote, listen to this very carefully, guys. Time and time again, events made me realize that there is so much more to life than what most people think or what I thought before my diagnosis. Everyone complains about tiny things. They forget that they are lucky to be out of their house doing something and not running to the bathroom puking all over themselves from the chemo. He also says that if you want to do something and you have a goal, do it. Don't wait because your channel might change sometime soon unexpectedly. See, I can relate to that channel changing because I happen to be a person who did get their physicals as a man every year. But my channel changed years ago when the doctor said I had an aggressive form of cancer. Now, now, I did run. I did try to eat right. I tried to stay from that stuff that everybody says causes cancer. But yet, I had cancer. But cancer didn't have me. My channel changed. It's something about a diagnosis that will make you change everything that you thought about. Because at the time when they said that how aggressive my cancer was, I actually, the first thing out of my, my, my mindset was, have, do I have everything in order for my wife and my children? Have I done everything that God wanted me to do? And as I, you know, when you're around people, you're strong. But when you're by yourself is when you're weak, right? I had to be strong in front of the church, but I'm going to tell you, when I was by myself, I was confused. I was scared. I didn't know how, if I was going to live. To top that off, the day I was diagnosed, another channel changed. My wife went into work after she got me comfortable. She came home early and she said, I just got laid off. So not only I have an aggressive form of cancer that I'm trying to process, now my wife is without a job. So I'm dealing with all of these things, guys, and I'm telling you this for a reason because I don't want you to quit. So as I'm going through all of this stuff and the doctor's telling me all this stuff and I got to go through radiation, I got to leave Charlotte and move to Atlanta because that's where the clinic was. I had to leave my family. And so I was determined not to quit. So I was excited because I wanted to stand strong for the church. So I would get radiated on Friday and I would drive home on Fridays. And, every, and people in this church would know every Sunday I was in this pulpit. And you had no idea how weak I was because I didn't let you know. But when I came that first Sunday, the church was half full. So then I had to deal with, wait a minute. Now, I'm suffering through all of this as a pastor, and the people don't even come to church. Now, I can drive all the way from Atlanta, and people can't come to church. Now, I'm just being honest with you guys. And if I, if I can't be honest with you, then this is not going to make any sense. 
When I got home that day, I was discouraged. And my drive back to Atlanta was tough. I wept most of the way because I was asking God, did I miss him somewhere? I thought somehow, somewhere, I made a wrong turn. So I had to really do a lot of introspection. And I told the Lord, I, I'm not going to do it anymore. I wanted to quit. It was too hard. I felt like I gave everything. I was sowing everything I had. I just didn't think I was reaping what I was sowing. I wanted to quit. So when I got to Atlanta, I had a chance just to, just to sit. And the Lord speaks to me when I run, and, and I, I went on a run. I was on Emory University's campus, a beautiful campus, so I went on a run, and the Lord just was speaking to me. And uh, he said, John, don't quit. He said, there's a blessing in it. He said, there's a blessing in it. Don't quit. Now, I just let you guys into my life. Because I'm sick and tired of pastors trying to pass themselves off as having all of this great faith. And they won't tell you that they're about to quit every Sunday. What we do is hard. Trust me when I say this. It is not easy being a pastor. If you're not called, you ain't going to make it. That's when God solidified my call. Because I said, God, well, maybe, maybe I missed you somewhere. He said, who called you? I said, you did. He said, well, don't quit. You got to keep climbing. I called them up because they're closer to me than anybody. I said, it's going to be all right because they were hurt. I mean, and you guys too because Antonio wept because he said, man, I can't believe this. He said, how did you handle that? I said, I didn't handle it well, <laughs> but we got through it. Amen. But I'm glad I didn't quit because some of you that are sitting here now, wouldn't, I wouldn't know you. If I had to quit, this church wouldn't be here anymore. And I'm glad I didn't quit, aren't you? There are three types of people that I've run into in my short time of pastoring. Quitters, campers, and climbers. Quitters just quit just because it gets difficult, right? It doesn't, it's just anything. You run into a wall. You, 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 the resources just weren't there. People begin to, to lay out on you, on your, in your business, or, you know what, this class is just too hard. I think I'm going to drop it. Just quit just to be quitting. People quit relationships, quit jobs, quit churches just to be quitting. But quitters never win. But they're also campers. Campers are those who start well, but they never finish well. Campers are people who start books, but they never finish books. 
Am I talking about somebody in here right now? <laughs> you start off well, you read it. Oh, man, this is a good book. Then you start another book. And you got five books that you haven't read through yet. Campers. Campers, campers look at climbers going up, but campers have the propensity to talk about quitters. Somebody says, I'm not a, I'm not a camper. Somebody says, I'm not a quitter either. But climbers, climbers are the ones who are determined and dedicated. Now, I had to learn how to be a climber. See, when you climb Mount Everest, it is a most difficult thing you could ever do because of the elements. You got to deal with all of the elements, but then the biggest thing you have to deal with, if you read any books about guys who went to Everest and they made it back, not many of them, is they had a mental fight because their brain was telling them, you can keep going, but the body was saying, no, I can't, I can't go anymore. And so it was a mental battle. Climbers accomplish things. Climbers goes out and do the things that other people wouldn't do. Successful people are no different than anybody else in this room, except one thing. They took the time that they had to do something that unsuccessful people would not do. All of us have the same 24 hours in a day. But I can go right back home to Alabama right now, and the same dudes that was sitting on the street corner talking about the white man keeping me down are still on that same corner. Why? Because their mentality. And if you're going to go to another level, you're going to have to change the way you think. You got to get quit out of your purview. You got to get quit out of your vocabulary. You got to get camping out of your vocabulary. And we have to become climbers so that we can go to another level. Amen? Amen. I got one last quote I want to give you. Most of you probably know this, and then we're going to pray. He said, we cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall march ahead. We cannot turn back. Um, this was during the civil rights movement. They faced some very difficult times. To fight a battle so that we can be free. Amen. Apostle Paul wrote most of his letters from prison to encourage us not to quit. Martin Luther King wrote some of his letters from prison as well to encourage the movement not to quit. But there's another man who faced insurmountable challenges in his life. And he encouraged us not to quit. He faced 39 lashes on his back with a cat of nine tails. A thorn, a crown of thorns on his head with a cross on his back. He was beaten so savagely that the book of Isaiah says his visage was marred more than any man. He was beyond recognition. But Jesus encouraged us that if I can do it, you can do it too. Sean defeated his mountain. But Jesus had to go on a mountain himself called Calvary. 
Calvary is where we got to start. It's receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.